Hello and welcome to the podcast Sport and Life. I hope you're well. Just uh, kind of reeling under a Velux window in my spare room as the rain slams down. Hopefully it doesn't come too through too much on the recording and disturb uh, your uh, your listening experience. But thank you for hitting on the button. Appreciate you being here. Thank you as ever to the sponsors, Bang Nolison of Cheltenham and Serene AV, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Check out Bang Olufsen's website, Bang Olufsen Cheltenham, that is, B&O underscore Cheltenham on Instagram and Twitter. Big football fan is Jason Briggs, the lead man there, and he'll probably enjoy this podcast as well because Bang Olufsen Cheltenham is a sponsor of Cheltenham Town Football Club. Their banner proudly behind Gary Lineker when the BBC was covering Cheltenham Town's uh, fantastic match in the FA Cup against Manchester City and Jason was texting me so he'll enjoy this podcast hopefully coming up with Cheltenham Town's Chris Hussey star man left wing back in just a moment or two before we get on to that quick note to say that the discount association with the podcast still available at Cytoplan food-based supplement company CYTO P-L-A-N, cytoplan.co.uk. My father, Dr. Mark Draper, has worked as a consultant there as a nutritionist for 20 years. He's a GP, my dad, general practitioner, but has lectured in nutrition, particularly fascinated by micronutrition and a big believer in the current sort of holistic multivitamin, vitamin, you might call it, from Cytoplan, Immune Complete. Immune Complete 1, if you're a menstruating woman, Immune Complete 2, if you're an adult man, and then there is Immunovite, kids Immunovite for younger kids as well. But it's got pretty much everything in there, vitamin D3, vitamin C, selenium, zinc, whatever is needed. Obviously, they have the bespoke specific supplements as well. And the code at cytoplan.co.uk, if you would like to use it, is DRAPER10R, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numbers one zero and the capital letter R. Right, this Monday podcast is a quick one, and it's uh, well, it's big, we had a decent conversation, but I want to get into it with Chris Hussey, who was uh, the man who scored the free kick to seal Cheltenham Town's meteoric rise to League One, champions of League Two for the first time in their history. Really uh, impressive achievement, especially in the context of the 17th biggest budget in the division, League Two division, up against some really big clubs there, but they rose to the summit held off Cambridge United and won the title. And I tell you what, it's uh, some achievement and a lot of testimony to the players, but also the manager, Michael Duff, who has uh, worked wonders since taking over the club, former Cheltenham Town player who scored the goal to get them into the Football League back in 1999 and now leading them on this new adventure. Been up to League One before. We've spoken to Mark Halliwell and John Palmer about that, but perhaps it feels a little bit different now. And Chris Hussey in bullish mood, albeit... A little bit run off his feet today. I really appreciate his time because he's he's doing daddy duties and helping his wife out now that the season is over. But he's certainly uh, relishing the prospect of life in England's third tier, which he's been in before. He's played up to the championship as well. So he's experienced and be a key member again of the team next year. Wonderful left foot, the uh, cultured left foot, they say. So here he is, the one and only Chris Hussey. Okay, here we go. Voiceover saying recording in progress there. I don't know where that came from, but um, very, very strange on the old Zoom. Uh, but Chris Hussey, welcome back to the podcast. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Good, you? Yeah, very well. It sounds like you've been thrust right back into domestic life pretty much from the get-go then that you're uh, you're kind of, uh, you're running around on, on daddy duties now. Yeah, this has got me doing <clears throat> all sorts of jobs around the house. So it's, uh, 
it's not great, but you know, it's what it is. At least I get to spend some time with my daughter and my family, uh, which is always good. It's funny, isn't it? How I suppose athletes, you have to be cushioned from some of that in the, because of the practicalities of training and having to rest as well. But I suppose it's it's quite a sort of change of gear when you've got young kids at home. As soon as the season finishes, it's it's kind of that's, that becomes the focus. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've mowed the lawn about nine times. It's <laughs> all, all over the place. This has got me doing everything. But yeah, it, it's it's nice time with the families. Obviously, I don't, you know, like little things sometimes I don't get to drop it to nursery. So I dropped her to the nursery today and, 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 you know, spending most of the time with her in the day and going swimming, gymnastics. She's, she's a busy little girl. So wow, um, it's nice where I can do these things with her. And she's just, she's just two as well. How is she going to nursery? Is she, is she happy to go? Yeah. Cause yeah, good. Yeah. She loves it. Good. Um, yeah. She loves it. She's like, bye dad. <laughs> when I go to pick her up, she don't want to come home. So that is good. My daughter yeah. used to, my daughter was very different for some reason because I work shifts, I used to be around the day sometimes and I'd take her to nursery, but she'd cotton on even when she was two or three to the fact that I wasn't going to work that day. If I had a day off in the week and she'd be like yeah. sort of crying and screaming at the door. And eventually like so many times I just end up like taking her to the park for a picnic and yeah. sit down with a nursery teacher. It was funny because she, she sort of played me, but it, it could be, it could be stressful. But when she was happy going in, it was fantastic. Yeah, exactly. You know, this kids are funny old things, ain't they? They are, they are. Well, I suppose, I suppose we are as well. But is it? How's it sunk? Is it sunk in the achievement? Champions of League Two. Yeah, it it it's been obviously a bit of time to reflect on the season and, and how it's gone and what you could have done better. Because there's always room for improvement. Mm. But as I said, it's been a brilliant season for us. Um, we've created history, so it's um, one to remember. What do you put it down to? The the secret of it, because a lot of people are saying observers that cover the team in and out journalists that I've spoken to that it's culture but that that culture comes from not Michael Duff directly but that he enables you to to create a culture there yeah it comes from within it it comes from doing the right things every day um, so you know it's if anyone steps out of line we sort of tell them that we don't do that here and it's mm. it's a thing of the marines we did a thing with a, a few marines it's like fitting or you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say the swear word. Like, yeah, yeah, fitting or beat <laughs> off. So it's, it's like that. That's their motto in the Marines. So you know, that's what we've carried on with us. It's and everyone's obviously a cohesive unit. We're a tight knit group, and obviously research shows that you know, if you, team building activities improve cohesive cohesiveness, and if you improve cohesiveness, performances increase. Yeah. So there you go. And that's and, and, and it's turned out in real life that that's what actually happens. It's a fascinating one, that, isn't it? Because that that idea from the military of the same standards, the same consistency for everyone does seem to resonate in sport. The All Blacks have got the, the no um, whatheads policy, <laughs> not to yeah. swear, but I think they've got yeah. that in their team. But then, then you hear about people like Sir Alex Ferguson, who had that as a, a mantra, that consistency. But then he had indulgences every so often for people like Eric Cantona. He gave him different leeway because he was a so-called maverick and, a, and an enigma right yeah. it's, it's, it's a tricky one isn't it how do you think you'd approach that as a manager would you would you try and sort of hope like hammer that kind of maverick player down into into line yeah for, for, for eric Cantona, then you sort of <laughs> let him do what he wants within reason you know it's not everybody's the same and some people need to be managed differently but not too differently from the group 
Yeah. And if you've got a special player like that, and, you know, at our level, there is not many special players like that. No disrespect to the players. Mm. Um, so if I was a manager, I'd do exactly the same as Alex Ferguson. He's not done bad, did he? So, no. No. You know, it's... And, and Cantona yeah. trained hard, didn't he? That was the key. Everyone said that Cantona trained harder than everyone. So he may have been slightly stra- wearing strange outfits to to sort of suit suited yeah. and booted things. But, but they knew that he'd stay on the training field longer than everyone else. So it wasn't like a, a work ethic criticism. It was just that he he wanted to do things a little bit differently in terms of his, uh, I guess, his dress style and, and how he conducted himself. He played a bit different to everyone else, didn't he? Because he weren't bad. Yeah. No, he was class. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so what, what? When did you know that the this sort of season that you had the title in your sights? What, what was the feeling? Did it grow throughout, or did it last summer? Yeah, after? I think it was like fifteen games to go. We were sitting top of the league, <laughs> and then you sort of half think because you sort of jostled, you jostled in the season, you yeah. jostled to get a position, like in horse racing, you get in a position, and then you get close to the line, you just go for it. <laughs> and I think it's all about being in a good position. At a certain time in the season to give yourself a chance. Yeah, we were always, always up there throughout the whole season. Um, I did, I'm not sure. Did we even come out of the top seven? I, not that I can remember, actually. To be fair, yeah, I can't remember. So we were always there or thereabouts. Um, but then, yeah, as you say, 15 games to go before mm. you know we've got got half a chance here to sort of win the league and create history. And it was never about us like thinking we're going to win the league or or we got carried away we just put one foot in front of the other 45 minutes at a time and see where we end up yeah yeah and that's it that's it and fine margins wasn't it there's a lot hard for close fought wins few draws in there that seemed to be the the difference and that comes from that's where the cohesiveness plays out is it in the games when the when things are in the balance and it's it's nip and tuck yeah i think it's uh more of we won the league because on a, more, on a consistent basis, we played better than we got results when they needed and we played better than other teams on a consistent basis. That's why we won the league. Mm. So it's been 46 games. We've been never too high, never too low and just be on an even kill. If you lose, all right, it's it's not the end of the world. In the Marines, if you make a mistake, someone gets killed. So yeah, it's like we're not at that stage. We've just you just lose a game of football. It's not the end of the world. Mm. So it's all right. No problem. If we lose this one, we crack onto the next one, but nothing changes. We still do the same things. And obviously our processes has worked. Yeah. It's a kind of live in the moment philosophy that, isn't it? And it's interesting because successful people, you always imagine them to be consumed by what they're doing, but often they are, like you say, on an evil, an even keel. And I suppose that was paramount after the disappointment, of the playoffs last year for Michael Duff to just, let everyone remain calm after that and not get too down about it. Yeah, and Gaffer's brilliant at making us feel like that. I think it all stems from the manager because if the Gaffer was like, oh, too high or too mm. low, we wouldn't have done what we did. But his messages are clear, they're concise, they're, they're calming. It's the same things, no matter what the result, because the right thing is the right thing. He says... If you get beat 6-0 on a Saturday, there's no way I'm going to bring them on Sunday because it's nonsense. It, mm. it doesn't believe in it. It's not the right thing to do. So, and that's a two-way street because then you think, right, if he's being fair with us like that, then we've got to give him it, give her, give the gaffer his all. Because yeah. he, he, he knows he knows you're not trying to lose that. Yeah, he knows you're not trying to lose 6-0, doesn't he? I suppose that's the point. Oh, of course he does. Yeah. yeah. 
and and then that's that's if that does happen, you start losing the dressing room and, and and stuff like that. But that that was never ever the case, you know. Obviously, since Gaffer's come in the football club, even when he finished sixteenth that season, I think we won nine out of his how many games? I'm not sure how many games there were. I think it was the last sixteen or something games we won nine. It was like yeah playoff form. Mm. So we've always been there or thereabouts in the in the in the form table because we in the playoffs last year we were in the top form of the season before and mostly we're in the top form of this season because we took won the league. So since Gap's come in, it's been consistently high standards, consistently winning, getting results from football games. It's been a winning culture. Mm. Um and obviously we're, we're not under no illusions that next year's gonna be difficult. I, I don't think there's much difference in the leagues. They get a couple of big teams, but that's it. Yeah, that's interesting. What what would be the differences for you? What do you anticipate? You're on the left-hand side, you get the ball. Is there anything different in terms of the marking in front of you, in terms of the, the opponent I, I, marking no, you? I, I don't think so. I, I, obviously, players are a bit better, but we're, we're, we're better players. We've just won League Two. so And obviously, I've won that league before, and I've played in that league before. Yeah. There's not much difference. You get big, decent teams like Sheffield Wednesday, and I don't know, Sheffield Wednesday get Wickham would be tough. Mm. Teams that have come down and you've got some big teams like Ipswich and that, but they're in that league for a reason. We're in that league for a reason. There's no, as soon as I cross the white line, you're just as good as me. I'm just as good as you because I'm playing the same level as you. So it, yeah. it, that doesn't phase me personally because I know I deserve to be on this pitch as much as you. Tell, I tell you what, it's um, it's fascinating actually that, that psychology. What in terms of time on the ball when you go to League One when you played there is it more or less than League Two because sometimes um, you go... I think the, the, the biggest goal would be in the championship because teams just sort of let you some teams will let you have the ball yeah um, where other teams and then you get to a certain point like we play we let teams have a ball to a certain point and then we press so we press when we want to press mm-hmm. we let them have the ball in certain areas of the pitch so yeah. it it's just a game of football. I just think you, people can look into it too much. It's just be better players, but we'll be better players. Bigger stadiums, but so what? It's only a stadium. It's only people watching. You know. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's the same same rules, same game. It's just might be a bit more difficult, but yeah. And the atmosphere you know. atmosphere will be fantastic to get fans back as well, won't it? Potentially, if, if Sunderland end up staying down, a big big crowd, and then Sheffield Wednesday, as you say, I've got a friend from Sheffield who's been messaging me this week saying he's going to come down and watch Wednesday, which is is so surreal for me because Cheltenham yeah. were distant non-league when I was a kid, and, and Sheffield Wednesday were ripping it up in the Premier League and getting to FA Cup finals and League Cup finals. It shows you the beauty of the pyramid, doesn't it? Yeah, it'd be good for teams like, especially for the club like Sunderland. You've got Ipswich. You've got. Wickham, you've got, I don't know, Sheffield Wednesday, like you said, you've got some big clubs coming. Yeah. On the road, which is brilliant. And have you been able to enjoy it without the fans? How's it felt winning such a cheap? It's been a bit, yeah, I've, to be honest, I've not, I mean, I've been brutally honest, I've I've not really enjoyed it without the fans. It's been quite, it's been quite boring. Mm. Yeah. And that's just me being honest. And I'm an honest guy. I just, I found it difficult to get going because, yeah, I know you shouldn't find it difficult, but I need that stimulus. I need, I, I mm. like people being there, and there obviously, obviously, there's a stimulus there because you've got to play where the gaffer's watching. But it's better when the crowd's not there because all you can hear is the gaffer shouting. So <laughs> when the crowd's there, you can't hear him. 
What about his dancing? He did that, didn't he? We loved it on Sky Sports News. We played that out a few times when you... Yeah. Like you want it. Yeah, he's, he was sort of, he got the ice bucket over him, didn't he? But he was doing the sort of madcap dancing, which apparently went back to his Burnley days when he when they won promotion. So, yeah, I think I've seen that as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think people remember him for that, but he's not had a bad career, has he? So, no, wonderful career. I mean, he's, yeah, he must, yeah. it's empathy, isn't it? He has empathy. I mean, that's the great thing about him as a manager because he's played at all levels, I think eight levels up to the Premier League, ascending order that he kind of understands people at all levels and, and what motivates different people. Yeah, and on top of that, he's a good human, he's a good person, um, he understands. I mean, he's been brilliant with me, he's managed me a bit. I'm not, not saying I'm different to everyone else, but it's, you know, mm. I'm a bit more of a complex character. And he's, and he's been really understanding, the door's always been open, and he's been brilliant with me as he, as he has been with everybody else. Yeah. Um, and that's one of his advantages of, his, of, of how he is, he manages people and he yeah. wants people as, pe- as human beings as well. Um, and he gets the best out of everyone. And that's because he's such such a good guy, such a nice guy. He's, the messages are clear. There's no gray areas. There is, there's no reason not to perform. Of course, people can have bad games, but yeah. you know, he, he makes sure everything's there for us to be able to perform. How much change do you expect over the summer? Because I did text him and said, oh, it'd be great to have a podcast chat. And he said that he's, he's flat out for the next couple of weeks. So I suppose planning ahead, it comes thick and fast, doesn't it? Do you expect a lot of flux in terms of personnel? Or do you believe that he has got foundations to, to move into League One with this squad? Well, oh, he's definitely got foundations. Um, definitely. Um, had a couple of players in a couple of areas. Yeah. Um, you know, not much is wrong. If it's, if it's not broke, don't need to fix it. But... We always want to improve. I think the club always want to improve as a football club. And everybody just wants to get better, improve. And that's in any little way, shape or form we can, whether that is bringing in a couple of new players, you know, in different areas of the pitch that Gaffer thinks we need strengthening, um, mm. then, then, then so be it. But I don't think it needs wholesale changes, no, none at all far from it. You kind of shared goals around, which is a strength, I suppose, in a sense, that you're not reliant on one person. You got the goal for ceiling promotion. What a strike that was. How happy were you with that? Yeah, obviously delighted. Um, and to be, be fair, Ed, I, I should add more goals into my game. Mm. Um, I sh- I, that one criticism that I should try and do, get in better positions. Because you but, strike the ball well, don't you? you got a good yeah, left foot. Yeah, it's, that, that's one area I could improve on. Scoring goals, but as I said, I think that's a record in itself. As our top goal scorer's got eight goals, I think. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> that's how it just shows. If we had someone that scored thirty goals, we would have won won the league mm. potentially. Four or five games before we did it, you just never know. Yeah, but but then that person could leave, and then it throws it up in the air, does it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Really. So yeah, no, we wouldn't change it for the world. We are where we are. We've got promoted for a reason, and that's. Uh, I take that all day long. How how much have you got out of the social media contact you've had with fans? Because I know you're on there now, and it seems yeah, like I've just people are on it. Been, yeah, it's been good. Um, obviously, I jumped on there as well uh, to interact with some fans, and obviously my business as well. So my uh, other two partners sort of manage my socials. Um, so yeah, it's it's been it's been good interaction to me. I try not to go on there too much, and because it, <laughs> it can go the other way sometimes if you have a bad game or, or whatnot, but. It is what it is. It's social media at the end of the day, isn't it? 
also we talked about having overactive minds and how you can lie awake at night and that's something that i think if the mobile phone can stimulate isn't it you have to be aware of that that you don't want to be kind of on your phone at night kind of uh getting your mind buzzing nah no that's it yeah you don't want to go on it too much what what about the business chris tell us about yeah. the detail of that yeah, so I, I, I think I've explained it before. It's just mm. basically I, I thought of like what I could do um, during lockdown. And I see sort of loads of businesses closing, um, especially mm. on high street. Um, so I've also reading a lot of articles and obviously loads of things are closing down businesses, mm. grassroots football clubs that stopped grassroots football. So I was thinking how they must be struggling for my, like financially. Um, and I'm also aware, obviously, how important physical activity is and for people's mental health, because obviously the coronavirus, mm. I know a few, few people, especially kids that have struggled mentally with it. Yeah. So I come up with the idea of, of Logan and Lloyd with, with, with my business partner, which is a mobile based app, um, which is a membership scheme encouraging consumers to support local independent businesses in Gloucester and Worcester. Oh, fantastic. Businesses sort of sign up for free consumers download the app and they enjoy the benefits on, on discounts on their local independent businesses and while that's happening every time somebody signs up i donate a percentage to a grassroots football club to help their facilities or the impact of covid because the impact of covid has fed businesses affects yeah. consumer incomes but and obviously grassroots football and they're the three things that obviously i thought how could i help and um that's what I'm trying to do, really. You know, improve people's mental health, stay, stay healthy. But, you know, people still want to go out to shops for a coffee. Yeah. And we get, also, we're aware independent business is a bit more expensive. But if you get the discount, I'm helping the business out by driving footfall to them. I'm yeah. also helping the customers by giving them a discount. And I'm helping grassroots football all in one time. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's a, it's a purchase through the app of a product, is it, that then goes? Or it's, so it's not a donation. Basically, yeah. Yeah, on the website, you'll have loads of business that we've signed up. People can pay a membership fee, become a member of us. They get discounts to all the local businesses. Um, so they walk down the road. The business on the app will sort of show what businesses they are. They can filter the, the area that they're in. Mm. And you can see what discounts they're offering at the time. And then while someone obviously signs up to get them discounts, a percentage of their membership fee goes to um, Grassroots Football Club. Oh, fantastic. Um, so, yeah, it, I, I know I'm not going to get everybody to shop locally, but if I can get 5% to shop local and support their bi local businesses, then then we've achieved our goal, you know? Yeah, no, it's it's, it's one of the most depressing and, and anxiety-inducing things, you know, especially with, like say, the uncertainty, the furlough hanging over us, but you walk through the high street and you, you see some places and you think, oh, well, it. Like, I'll be able to come back, yeah. Look, my high street, uh, it's a couple of shops, so it's like, all right, I'm not I'm not gonna wave a magic wand and get everybody and that business is gonna start opening again. But as long mm. as I can do my bit and try, as long as I try and help people, that's all I can do. Yeah. Uh, is it is it city of Gloucester and Worcester or is it the counties of Gloucestershire and Worcestershire? Oh, it's Gloucestershire and Worcestershire. Okay, brilliant. brilliant. Um, the website, so Chel yeah, Cheltenham's in that then obviously, yeah. Yeah, uh, the football club are on board. Um, so it, the website will be up and running in the next in the ne next day. The links on my social, so if everybody wants to keep an update, go to my socials and my Instagram at Chris Hussey on uh, Chris Hussey free. And you'll just see loads of um, updates on there, which will be, um, and obviously you can get directed to the local and loyal Instagram and website. So, 
Yeah, could you text me a link, Chris, and I'll put it on the, the show notes as well for the podcast. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. Te- I'll text you the link to the to the website. Yes, absolutely, or yeah. the app or whatever's the easiest thing to go yeah. to. But And what's the name again, sorry, Chris? It's Local and Loyal. Ah, oh, nice. So local and get loyal people shopping locally. Fantastic. And there is a real, that's one of the positive outcomes. Clearly, the economic impact locally has been severe across the country, across parts of the world. But then what I think I've noticed with people being locked down and staying locally is maybe more of a community spirit just starting to develop, isn't there? People are out walking around their community, they're, they're having conversations. I sense that maybe that is a positive outcome. Maybe we are going to be more health minded as well both because of wanting to stave off things like the virus, but also just generally reading up about health at the moment might, might stimulate. So there might be some positives to come from it. And that, that local community angle might be a big one. I think so, because you, there was like, people can do nothing except go for a walk. I think when mm. we first got locked down, that's what they could do is walk. And obviously people would have got bored and would have been bored sitting at home. So it, I, I think it, you can take a positive out of any negative. I think, you know, people, there's been, there's been so many businesses set up during lockdown, um, you know, so it's like, okay, people are trying to do some, people are trying to help. You've got, you know, the NHS, we know that, how powerful and how brilliant they've been. So yeah. it's it, it shone a light on, I know everyone knew the NHS was brilliant, but I think it's shone a light, shone a light on how actually unbelievable they are. Mm. Um, you know, with every every negative there's a positive and I think you know it's where people decide to do more exercise like my neighbours have decided to do more exercise I've decided to try and set up a business you know it's there's so many things that can come out of a negative it's just twisting it on its head and this is potentially something that you could segue into after playing or is it something that you'd always have on the side maybe yeah this is long term this is something that we want to do long term um want us you know it's not a short-term fix it's want to roll it out you know we've had chances already to roll it out as a franchise but we're not quite sort of there yet. we want to roll it out in Worcester and Gloucester because that's where our business partners are from yeah and we're, we know about the community and what the people need um so yeah it's um it's a challenge it's one I'm looking forward to but I can't wait to sort of just help people and you know as much as I can you know giving to charity and stuff like that makes me feel good. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. I'm doing my best. You get a sense of, yeah, being kind is a sense, it gives you a, a mental health boost, doesn't it? It's interesting. It gives you endorphins, gives you a sense of, I guess it plays into gratitude connection as well. Is that something that kind of, that you've noticed it's a win-win for you? Yeah. I just think as footballers, we're, we're, we're quite, uh, we're in a privileged position. Um, so you also get people that are less fortunate so why why not try and help them or just try and meet help because I play football try and use that to help other people mm. um, as well and I think that was one of the purposes that we we did it we wanted to help people locally and you know why not try try and do that well good on you I think that's a really really big thing I know lots of people it's really sad when you see businesses particularly ones that are fledgling and they've just opened up for a few months before the pandemic hit and things like that so it's been a very very challenging time and I hope that everyone kind of gets back on their feet and it's amazing you're, you're kind of giving them that that assistance as well Chris what about um physical stuff at the moment training wise do you have to tick over if you, you having complete rest for the next few weeks How's uh... it yeah, I got my program through yesterday, to be fair. We get the first two weeks off, leisure time, just do what you want. 
Yeah. And it's been nice. As I said before, it's it's been nice. But then as of the um, as of I think it's next week, Monday, yeah, the twenty fourth, we're uh, mm. we start to tick over, tick over again. So it's uh, yeah, a couple of weeks off, do what you want within reason. But obviously we still get paid for the summer, so we're still got duty to look after ourselves, come back in the condition to be able to complete pre-season. I, th- I think that's important. I think they give us the programme not to come back fit, but to mm. come back in a condition to be able to complete pre-season because that's yeah. pre-season, pre-season four to get fit. And, you know, if you do too much in the summer, you, you can burn out come Christmas and you're, you're knackered. The season's yeah. tough. Everybody knows that. So, yeah, it's just to be put in a condition to complete pre-season, but it's a challenge that I'm looking forward to next year because I can't wait to show everybody yeah, rest. Yeah, rest yourself. I think rest is key, as you say, and you don't want to kind of overdo it as, as well. How important is it? Is it just weight that you kind of think is the, the key integral? You don't put on too much weight, so you're not spending two weeks trying to lose it at the start of preseason. No, I don't think. I think it's just building foundations um, to be able to go into complete preseason. So you'd start off, so start off small distance, and you gradually build it up, and you're just sort of building strength and getting your body. Yeah, used to doing stuff again. So when you do come to do the intense training, your body's ready for it. You know? So you're doing sort of jogging rather than you're not doing sprints or anything like that at this point. Well, we've got sprint sessions. You got you got the speed development sessions. Um, you've also got aerobic sessions, um, which are yeah. long distance. Um, but then you've got your, your your upper body strength, your lower body strength, uh, just to keep in keep everything ticking over. Really, do you Everybody do you? Run- do you run on roads, Chris, or do you do you avoid that um, road trip? I've just got loads of country roads where I am, so it's mm. it's quite difficult to get a flat grass surface. Yeah. But when I do the anaerobic stuff, like the short shot power stuff, sprinting, I've got a hill, a grass hill. Oh, uh, nice. Literally just across the road there. So <laughs> when it's dry, I just put some stuff up, stuff up that. Um, yeah. But yeah, obviously I've got David Lloyd literally a two minute drive down the road, so I go oh, there yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah it's good you have, you have sauna and stuff at david lloyd as well when it's open obviously i think hopefully it's open yeah, yeah 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 exactly exactly yeah it's all good for the the body isn't it and how's the how's the mind how's the rest the sleep as well is that is that going well at the moment because that's as you get older yeah, you, you, you're aware of that yeah. again mate i said no but as you get older as you, as you say you're aware of the importance of of rest and recuperation and, and sleep so so vital isn't it i didn't realize how vital it was until the last couple of years reading about it yeah it's just any rest I get, I'm going to take, even in the season. If Gaffer says you don't have to go outside, which is very rarely, yeah. I'm most definitely not going outside. You, you know, <laughs> as I've got older, you sort of realise you take the rest when you can because Gaffer's after after us every day. Mm. So, you know, it's been nice. I've been eating a lot of fruit, veg, protein. You know, it's been just, just obviously repairing muscles mentally, just chilling out as well, you know. Good, good. And when's is baby number two here yet? Or where's yeah, baby number two is on the way. Yeah, yeah, baby number when, two is on the way. Yeah. When's that due? It, the, the baby is due uh, October. Okay, so right, sort of early stages of the season. So you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> will you will you be swerving nighttime feeds then? How does it work? It's tricky, yeah, athlete, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, no missus yeah. will have to do that. Yeah. Well, it's it's part of it though, isn't it? You, that's part of the job. You have to you have to be in tip top condition, which is probably a convenient excuse sometimes, but it, it's just the truth. 
yeah, there you go. I mean, to be fair, Mrs. is brilliant. Even when the first one come along, she does she's done done, done most of it. And that, and to be fair, even now she does most of it. So she's she's been brilliant. Um, so you know, it's we're having a after my um, little girl's party on Saturday. I'm sort of having some friends over as well to sort of celebrate getting getting promoted, and I didn't get a chance to celebrate my degree. So I'm just having a few friends around, have a bit of a have a bit of a turn up, and uh, CT's coming, Connor Thomas. So yeah. He's coming along. So, yeah, no, it'll, it'll be good just to reflect, chill, have some downtime, a couple of drinks, which you can't really do in the season. No. So, yeah, science I'm looking forward to. Good, Chris. I'm really glad. I'm really glad. And I really appreciate your time and wish you the best of luck. Quick, final final note, how much are you looking forward to to running out Wadden Road with fans there at the start of the League One season? That's going to be a pretty special moment, isn't it? Emotional, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be brilliant, man. I actually can't wait to show everybody what we're about in League One. There's nothing to fear at all. You know, it's, it's hopefully we get a bit more fans than usual because we've got promoted and obviously no one's been around for so long uh, at football games. So I'm hoping yeah. it'd be packed, um, you know, but we'll wait and see. But yeah, it's one I'm looking forward to. Bit of pressure because the crowd's there. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's going to be good. Well, if I'm not working, mate, I will definitely be there and I'll get down as soon as I can. Yeah. Really, really appreciate oh, lovely to see you, Appreciate your time, Chris. And send me that uh, text as well and we'll, we'll put it up for people to uh, to check out on the, the website as well on, on the podcast notes and then obviously link to your site. Yeah, cheers, Ed. Well, that's really impressive. I'll put the notes, uh, hopefully Chris will text me that link on the podcast about where to find uh, Chris Hussey's app for supporting local businesses in Gloucestershire and Worcestershire. Big fan of that. I think it's a lot of us would chime and resonate with that, the sort of shock and, and wonder we have walking down the high streets during the lockdown of what's going to happen to these places beyond that, what the government support has been, whether they can repay the government support. If that's the part of the scenario as well. It's something that they have to try and factor in, isn't it? And this is topical, I suppose, on May the 17th today that shops are opening or restaurants are opening, bars are opening, for inside service, which is key as that rain rattles down, it would imagine, because we've had a very, very wet month and April was very cold. So it's not been great for alfresco dining and drinking in uh, this country, in the UK. I hope things are, are better where you are, but I'll check that out. I'll put it on my social media as well. A link to Chris Hussey's app to support local business. And it sounds like a win-win in terms of discounts for you as well. And uh, to be part of that local community, it's something I've felt palpably actually in recent years before the pandemic being part of the football club going down to the football club to watch games has helped kind of integrate me and in making friends as well locally with people like John Finnegan former player just left Cheltenham as, as head of commercial hope to speak to him soon on the podcast but yeah just kind of, kind of been a conduit to the community and I think any people you can meet any kind of way you can support I think it's it does bring it home doesn't it We've got so many multi-billion pound transnational com companies that, that we shop on online etc but i think it's nice to to know the people who we're supporting and trading with so there we have it chris hussey appreciate his time thank you to him thank you to the sponsors who as i mentioned are a sponsor of cheltenham town football club as well bang olufsen of cheltenham jason briggs and his team specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations not just the fantastic bang olufsen equipment though through bang olufsen cheltenham and the sister company serene av they can source you whatever bespoke home entertainment system you're looking for whatever big screen whatever brand suits your needs your budget get in touch with bang olufsen cheltenham 
And for Cytoplan, if you're looking to optimize your immunity, again, this could be a positive legacy, fingers crossed, of the pandemic that we aim to look after ourselves. When we look at the bleak data around obesity and susceptibility to COVID-19, it's not just COVID-19, it's all the other chronic illnesses, severe illnesses associated with that, with type 2 diabetes, of course, is connected to that. And other lifestyle issues, diet, we hope maybe will be more thoughtful about that. Sleep is a key one that I'm trying to work on as well. But supplementation in terms of rounding off your diet and filling any holes, particularly maybe if you live in a cloudy country like the UK, vitamin D3 is a key one, isn't it? Vitamin D has been again highlighted as, as an important part of our immunity in this uh, human race battle against uh, this virus, COVID-19. Anyway, if you would like the discount, Draper10R is the code, D-R-A-P-E-R-1-0, the capital letter R. That is at cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, if you could rate it on whatever platform you're listening to it on, that would be fantastic. I'm Ed Draper81 on Twitter, Ed underscore Draper81 on Instagram, sports broadcaster in the UK, trying to connect the lessons of sport to life and why a lot of us are still fascinated as we head hurtling towards middle age, still consumed by it in so many ways, what lessons and sort of insight we can gain uh, from sport to apply to everyday life as well. And just speaking to some wonderful characters, including Chris Hussey on this one. Thank you, guys. Goodbye for now.